0: It says, you have all been in the stadium and seen the athletes race. You've been where? In the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Everyone runs, one wins. So that's saying it's one winner. But then in that last verse, it says run to win. Every one of us have our own individual races that we are running. And so therefore, it says that one wins. Only one can win the race that you're running. So you understand that? So in other words, the race that God has given you to run, the, 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 the path that God has given you to follow and to run, We, you must, and we must run to win that race. I can't run Gabe's race. I can't run Dorothy's race. I can only run the race that God has set out for me. And so my sole purpose is to run the race that God has given me, run it to win. Because everyone is trying to run my race, but I'm the one that's going to win. Let's go to the next verse. And it says, all good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fade. But you're after one that's gold <coughs> eternally. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that's gold eternally. Let's go to the next verse. 26 and 27, it says, I don't know about you. And I'm saying this to you. I don't know about anyone else in this room, but I'm running hard for the finish line. (laughs) I don't care about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. The race that God has given me, I'm running hard. And I'm giving it everything I've got. Everything that I have, I'm going to give it. And I like what that last verse says. No sloppy living for me. No sloppy living for me. Maybe we've, lived some, we've done some sloppy living at the beginning of 2018. But this day, from here on out, we are going to declare that we are not going to live sloppy anymore. And y'all know what you all sloppy might be? My sloppy may be, you know, just not getting up at a proper time, to be on time. You know, what? whatever your sloppy is. Because sometimes I, you can come in my house and I'm saying, please excuse my mess. And y'all are like Pastor Wendy. Ain't no mess up in here. But to me, it's sloppy. So in other words, you have to define what your sloppy living has been. Amen? Amen. So we are going to be talking about finishing strong. and And... Uh, let me see. Let me get that video up.
1: See, sometimes we can't say I can do that, but what we can say that it's
0: possible that I can have my dream. As turn, turn work the
1: volume up, Kathy. But people who are running toward their dreams, life has a special kind of meaning, and here's what I will share with you that in the process of working on your dreams, you are going to incur, incur a lot of disappointment, a lot of failure, a lot of pain, a lot of setbacks, a lot of defeats. But in the process of doing that, you will discover some things about yourself that you don't know right now. What you will realize is that you have greatness within you. What you'll realize is that you're more powerful than you can ever begin to imagine. What you will realize is that you're greater than your circumstances. That you don't have to go through life being a victim. If you want to make your dream become reality, the people that are running at their dreams know that it's possible that you can live your dream. That it's necessary, that you're relentless, that you have a plan of action, that you are creative. The people that are living their dream are finding winners to attach themselves to, the people that are living in their dreams, of the people that know that if it's going to happen, it's up to them. And they're resolving within themselves, it's not over until I win. The people that are running after that dream know they're going to have hard times, they keep on running, because they're saying within themselves, I'm the one, I'm the one, no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. The people that are running after their dreams are the people that are hungry. And I want you to hear what I'm telling you. Some of you are soft,
2: but you were born in the dark, and now you're soft. Every time you come up to a challenge, you quit, you surrender, you give up, you give in. Every single thing I go through, I remember I was homeless, and I draw from it. Every single time I'm going through pain, I remember that I've gone through pain since I was a kid. I draw from it. Recycle your pain. Get something from it. You already in pain, use it, do something with it. Allow it to take you to the next level. Allow your pain to push you to greatness. I challenge you, I challenge you. I challenge you to be the best you could be. I challenge you to leave this room on a a height, an awareness that you've never had before. I challenge you to behave in ways you've never behaved. I challenge you to pick up traits that you've never picked up before and do everything you could possibly do before you leave this place and impact as many people as you can. So don't be average, don't be good, don't be great. Be phenomenal or be forgotten.
0: Mm. Amen. I, I, I looked at that and, um, it, you know, there's so many good things in that, that video. Uh, it was talking about attach yourself to people of greatness. You know, a lot of times we're attaching ourselves to the wrong people or to the wrong things. Um, even with the pain, we're going to experience pain, but do something with the pain. Just don't be in pain. Do something with it. Let the pain challenge you. Let the pain push you. Let the pain make you do something that you would not ordinarily do. If I come and I get ready to punch you and and make you be in pain, you're going to stop me from making, from 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 getting ready to punch you, why you have made a choice that I'm going to do something with this pain that Pastor Wendy is getting ready to inflict on me, and so we have to make we have to make up in our minds and choose that we are going to be victorious, that we are going to finish strong, Amen. And and I was uh, looking at um uh you know, y'all know about Mount Everest, right? Mount Everest, a lot of people go there every year to to climb Mount Everest. And um, uh, they talk about who was the first person to climb Mount Everest. And George Mallory, many of you may not have known it, but he really was the first person to climb Mount Everest. He was the first person to scale it. But many people don't hear about him because he climbed it, but he didn't know how to navigate and get back down. And so he perished at the top of the mountain because he didn't know how to navigate the slopes coming back down. And so really the first person that you hear about that successfully climbed Mount Everest was Sir Edmund Hillary because he knew how to navigate. Even though he climbed it, he knew how to navigate back down. What am I saying? It goes back to the thing of uh, 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 it doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. How you finish? We were able to hear about Mallory. I mean Hillary, because of the mere fact he made it down. He made it down the descent. Um, and then look at, uh, think about this. We got football season that's uh, that's here. You don't hear about the team that wins that is only winning winning at halftime, do you? You don't cheer the team that at halftime, at the end of the game. Y'all following me? They're winning at halftime, but does that really make a difference? It don't make a difference unless they win when the time is ran out. That's who you cheer. That's who you know has won the victory. The team may have had 30-some points in the lead at halftime, but then the losing team can come up and win the game. So it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. Let's look at some, some, uh, one character I want to talk about and I'm going to give you these points and I'm going to be out of the way. I want to talk about Samson. A lot of people see in the book of Judges, um, a lot of people know Samson as, as a young man who couldn't control his flesh and um, a young man who uh, dealt a lot with lust for the women. Um, but we can learn some things in, in Samson's life, from Samson's life. Um, let's look at Judges 13 and 5. Judges 13 and 5, it says, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite. He will be dedicated to who? To God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Samson was chosen. Show me, show the video clip, Holly. Turn my volume up.
2: Another man died today. Tobias was killed by the Philistine commander. You were called by God Gifted with his power to deliver his people. The council think it's his time for a judge to be anointed. We do not need a judge, we need peace. Remember the prophecy, Samson of the tribe of Dan, chosen by the living God to be his hand of vengeance. It's his will, but it is not mine. Son, you are not like other Hebrews. You're meant for so much more. You were meant for... But you it. never fail to remind me of this. Everything God has required of me, I have done. I kept every vow. No wine, no touching the dead, no cutting of my hair. And where has it gotten me? Where has it gotten us? Are we free from war? Do we have peace? Why does God withhold what we desire?
1: Samson, you must not forget who you are.
0: Play that clip because Samson was chosen by God. And did you hear in that clip where it says he said that that's not who I want to be? He may not have wanted to be what God wanted him to be, but God chose him. God's anointing was upon him to uh, uh, deliver the people from the hands of the Philistines. The Philistines were ones that were oppressing the people of God. They were ones that was, was wreaking havoc on the people of God. And so uh, 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 during that time, we know that there were no kings, and God rose up judges. And and at that time, during that scene, uh, 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 Samson was not a judge. But Samson merely had the anointing of God upon his life to deliver and to bring uh, uh, to, to, to for God to work through in order to deal with the Philistine, but Samson was like, "No, this is not what I want. I want you to know that God has has chosen each and every one of you in here. You've been trying to avoid it. You're like, okay, you know, maybe sometimes fighting up against it. There may be things that may come be coming up against you. This is not what I want to do. Samson did not want to be." Chosen of God, but he was chosen of God. And there are times that we fight against the call of God that is on our life. But each and every one of you in here, when I talk about the race, when I talk about finishing strong, God has called you and he has put his anointing on your life to do the specific thing that he has called for you to do. Whether you accept it or not, just like Samson, um, And I look at it, um, let's look at Ephesians 5 and 15. Because we are called of God, it says, be careful how you live, don't live like fools. But like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Samson was living in an evil day. Y'all remember on last week in the book of Judges, I said that every man was doing what was right in his own eyes. And this is what was happening. Um, When you go back and you look at uh, what the Philistines were doing, the Philistines uh, had no regard for women. The Philistines would, would rape women. The Philistines would, would uh, uh, go in and just, you, you would work all week long, and they'd come in and just take your money just because they wanted to. They didn't care. They put you up under bondage. They were living in evil days. We are living in evil days. And so we must make the most of every opportunity that God gives us. Don't live like fools. But live like wise. God, how should I be living? What should I be doing? Ask him, God, I need your wisdom to walk this walk. Let's look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, don't act thoughtlessly. In other words, we live life from day to day, not even given a regard to our consequences. Thoughtlessly. Not thinking from one day to the next, from one minute to the next. Thoughtlessly. Or if, we, if we're living and, and thoughtlessly can also mean that you are so caught up and your thoughts are so caught up in what you want to do, so caught up in, 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 in what your pleasure is versus being caught up in the thoughts of God. God, what are your thoughts concerning this situation? What is your thoughts concerning my life? But we have a thought. How many of y'all in here know you, are, you have a thought of how you feel like your life should be going? But there are times that we need for God to recalibrate our thinking. And so, God, what are your thoughts? I see what's going on right now. What are your thoughts concerning this, concerning what's going on in my life? And he says, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what it is that God wants you to do. Verse 18, I think. Did I have another verse? or oh, that was it. Okay. Understand what it is that God wants you to do. Know that you are chosen by God. Chosen. Point to yourself and say, I'm chosen. Man didn't choose you. God chose you. Garrett, God chose you. You may not understand it, but God chose you. Well, what did God choose me for? That's where, and we got to get into the mind of God and say, God, what did you choose me for? I often think about, and my mom, um, I, uh, uh, it, it stuck me for years. She, uh, she didn't know what she said, but she had told me, she said, my, I got uh, four siblings, two brothers and one sister. And um, my mother literally told me, she said, You are an accident. Y'all laugh. But she told me I was an accident. What did she mean? She meant that after my sister, she hadn't planned on having any any more children. But oops, here I came. And so when, when she said that, she don't know it bothered me for years because here it is. And then what happened was the enemy started playing on my mind. And you know when I started experiencing failures and disappointments the enemy started saying well you weren't supposed to be here no way they didn't want you no way you know when I started seeing favoritism towards my sister and and versus me not really understanding the whole thing the enemy started playing on my mind and said well you're nothing when I started receiving rejection and and and, and isolation um I started saying, you know, I'm nobody. And i tell you, um, I was a, a selective mute. mute. Y'all know what that means? Milo Angelo was a selective mute. Um, I would go months and wouldn't talk. I was like Milo Angelo. I was a selective mute. I would go to school and wouldn't say a word. they talked talk to me. I would act I would act just like I could not talk. I had internalized so much thoughts and so much pain that I wouldn't talk. The teachers would call my mom and I would run and get the phone because I didn't want her to know what I was doing, and I didn't want her to know how I was feeling because. Back in the day when I was growing up, it wasn't, girl, what's wrong, you know, tell me what's going on. You got your butt whipped. You go to school and you open your mouth. But not understanding the internal pain that I was feeling, the internal hurt and disappointment that I was feeling. And this was when I was in middle school. Yes, middle school. I was a selective mute. I would go weeks and then all of a sudden I'd be like, okay, I'm going to start talking again. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but that's how I did it. And then I would, uh, 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 something would trigger it again. I would go back to being a mute. And my days at home, and my family will tell you, my days at home was going outside, laying on the grass, looking up at the sky. And during those times of being a selective mute, I would look at the sky and talk to God. I didn't know that at that young age that God had a plan for my life. I didn't know when I was allowing the enemy to take my voice that he was going to use that very thing that he was trying to shut up on me that he was going to use to bless other people. I didn't know that. But I knew at a young age that God had something more for me. And that's what kept me. I'll never forget it. I would see God in the clouds. I would see God and I would just be like, God, that's you. I'd lay there for hours on the grass just talking. At a young age, God had called me and put his hand upon me. And because God had chosen Samson, it wasn't easy. Because God has chosen us and God had chosen me. It wasn't easy. So my next point is is that finishing will not always be easy. You're going to experience some disappointment, some defeat, some failures, some people that's going to come up against you. Let's look at um, the next video.
2: I have a riddle that I am sure none of you can solve.
3: <laughs> you challenged 30 men to a riddle. Fine. Perhaps a wager. My people need clothes.
2: Your tunics. All of them.
3: (laughs) 30 Philistine tunics. Fine.
1: But if you lose, you owe the same. And if you don't pay, it'll be your head or your wife's. Out of the eater
2: something to eat, out of the strong, something sweet. Is that it? Is my slave wit too much for you? You
1: have until morning to answer. (laughs) Ah, there he is, (laughs) a groom of both rare wit and strength. At the bottom of which barrel did you find my answer? You would be surprised <laughs> just try me. Mm. For what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion. <laughs> How did you? Remind me again. What was our wager? Oh, yes. 32
0: next I do not have them. This scene here depicts the betrayal of Samson. He was called, um, and as you saw the the young lady that was standing in the background, let's look at Judges 14 and 15. It'll give you a little backdrop. And it says, on the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband. Entice your husband. Entice your husband to explain the riddle for us. And I, I say that because The enemy is trying to entice you. The enemy is trying to entice you to give up the secret things of God, to give up the very things that he knows that is going to propel you forward. He wants to betray you. He brings people alongside you that sweet talks you, that, deals with you and and gets into your head and you began to share things with them or, or share in a way that God says, no, this is just between you and I. And the only reason why they come alongside is so, and it is the enemy working through them because what he wants to do is he wants to thwart the plan of God from over your life. And so it says, On the fourth day, they said to Samson, entice your husband to explain the riddle for us, or we will burn down your father's house with you in it. Did you invite us to this party just to make us poor? And verse 16, it says, so Samson's wife came to him in tears and said, you don't love me, you hate me, you have given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even given the answer to my father or my mother, he replied, why should I tell you? Let me, let me kind of look at that for a moment. Samson's wife was more dedicated to her family than she was to her husband. And because she was more dedicated to her family, she had no loyalty towards Samson. And so there are people that come into your life that are more dedicated to their agenda that is more dedicated to what they want than what they, than, than the, the call of God that is on your life. So you need to, we need to be asking God, God, who in my life right now do I need to wean away? Who in my life is not, as the, as the, the video at the beginning said, it said to attach ourselves to winners. Who in my life right now is not a winner? I want to attach myself to some winners. I want to attach myself to some people who are going to where God, it seems like God has taken me to go. I, you know, I, 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 uh, if I want some money, I'm going to attach myself to some millionaires. If I'm running a business, I'm going to attach myself to some people that have already been in business that can that can sow some wisdom and some things inside of me. Attach yourself. So in other words, it says, I haven't even given the answer to my father or my mother, he replied. Why should I tell you? Verse 17. And it says, So she cried whenever she was with him and kept him up for the rest of the celebration. She was manipulating him. She was using the spirit of manipulation Enemy will use the spirit of manipulation against you to cause you to get off track and not to run the way that God has called for you to run. And at last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. The enemy will torment us. Don't fool yourselves. He will nag you. He will torment you. He will lull you to sleep to stop you from running the race and from, from, from finishing strong the way that God would have you to finish. And then she explained the riddle to the young, uh, 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 Samson ended up telling her, and then she explained the riddle to the young man. In verse 18, and it says, So before sunset of the seventh day, the men of town came to Samson with the answer, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson replied, If you hadn't plowed with my heifer, if you hadn't manipulated my wife, if you hadn't have gotten a hold of this, you wouldn't have solved the riddle. What is the enemy plowing in your life? What's he attached to? That he's, he, the, the plan is being exposed. I often think about it. The Bible says that the weapon can be formed, but it's not going to prosper. But a lot of times, the weapon forms, and then we allow it to prosper. Why? Because we allow the enemy to come in and manipulate us and think that the weapon is going to take us out. And because we, are, we, the enemy has manipulated us to think that the weapon is going to take us out, then the weapon ends up taking us out, ends up paralyzing us as we run our race, as we run and do the things that God has called for us to do. and. and all through uh, Judges 14 and, and, and uh, through the Chit 16, and I'm almost done. Um, go and read it. Uh, uh, after, after that happened, the Philistines ended up killing. His wife and killing the father, because Samson, Samson felt he was betrayed and he he decided that he was gonna go and get vengeance because you did, you know, the things that you needed to do. You you betrayed me, you hurt me. And so therefore he ended up uh, uh the rest of the chapter is just Samson wreaking havoc on the Philistine. Even though Samson was wreaking havoc on the Philistines, God was still allowing it. And even though the enemy may wreak havoc in our life, the enemy God allows it to happen for his purposes. God used Samson for his purpose. Even though Samson fell in sin, he was just he was a young teenager, a young man that was just butt wild at that particular point. And he had he had no restraints. None. And that's how he ended up coming up with uh, uh, meeting Delilah. And Delilah was another problem. Delilah was another problem to where uh, uh, Delilah was his undoing. First of all, he slept with a prostitute, which was a sin. He was a Nazarite. He was called by God. And, and one thing that I wanted to say is that uh, uh, there's no greater obstacle in finishing well than sin. Sin will tarnish you from finishing well. It tarnishes our best intentions. And even though Samson's sin, God's purpose was greater than Samson's sin. And God used Samson. It wasn't because of the sin, but he used him because of the call that was on his life. Let's look at... um, Tell you what, uh, what's my next point, Holly? Before I get there, let's look at Delilah. Um, Delilah wasn't good for Samson. There's things that come in our life that God will allow us because we want it, even though it's not good for us. Even though it's not productive for us, he will allow us to have it. He will allow us. I, I remember that I wanted, a, a, it was a relationship. I was single, and um, God had already showed me that this man was not for me. But I wanted it so bad that God allowed me to, have that, to be in that relationship. And I'm going to be honest with you, it was hell. I went through hell that year and a half. My whole character changed. I started even just, I would read, I'd be in church, I'd hear the word of God, but I was just so, the word had no effect on me. As a matter of fact, there was times I even got mad because the word came. Just because you're in a situation, God is not going to stop speaking to you, but it's up to you to hear the voice of God and heed the voice of God. You can override it because your flesh can say, I want to be with this person so much. Even though you know it's wrong. But he's going to be like, go ahead. But the consequences of going that way is horrible. And and that is not finishing well. That is not finishing strong. Because now you have attached yourself to something, someone. It don't even have to be a person. It could even be a thing that we're doing. And God is saying, that's not what I want you to do. But your flesh is saying, I want it so bad. It brings pleasure to me. I'm enjoying it. And God's saying, that's not what you want, what I want. And God is going to allow you to keep right on doing it. He ain't going to snatch it from you. You just are not going to prosper the way that he desires for you to prosper. And as a matter of fact, it could be your undoing. And I was speaking to someone this week and. And the Lord was, was sharing with me certain individuals. And I'm going to be honest with you, the Lord was saying, and I often heard a, a pastor of mine, a bishop of mine, would say that the Lord had spoke to uh, him concerning certain individuals and saying that if, the, if they don't get themselves together, that the Lord is, is not going to be with them any longer. Their time is running out. And I didn't understand it. And sure enough, And Sister Thelma know some of the people I'm talking about. Lady was going to play the slot machines in Atlantic City. And she died right at the slot machine. Hmm. It happens. It happens. People were doing some things that they shouldn't do in the house of God. God had already sent them warning and and, and gave them an opportunity to get it right. But they wanted what they wanted. And so they were out shopping one day. And God had already sent warning to them. He said, you don't want to listen? Come out the store and had a massive stroke and never recovered. I'm saying this To let you know God will let you do what you want to do. But it's better to do what God says to do versus to follow your flesh. To fulfill the desires of your flesh. I don't have a nice, cushy message. I have a message that says, what is it that God is saying? Get it right. Dreams that we have. Is it at the sake of your own soul? Samson was called to be a mighty man of God, but his flesh was in the way. His thinking had become warped and he didn't know how to fix it. Let's look at uh, point number three. God is a God of second chances. And let's look at the video. Roller
1: misled me. I believed I could free you, but I was wrong.
2: I will give back every piece of silver for your release show your love for me now free caleb instead of me
1: i cannot leave you here free him and you can help
2: Delilah. You were right, Caleb. We should fight. Gather the men. Prepare to take the city. But how can I without you? With the power God has placed within you. He has not abandoned me, Caleb, because I am in these chains. Even inside these walls I hear his call. It may be for the first time I am hearing his desires and not my own. I love
1: this
2: Now your strength, my eyes, yours. You have called me from birth, and now I listen.
3: What would you have me do?
0: Samson says, so what, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? Hallelujah. God is a God of second chances. Let's look at Judges 16 and 21. Judges 16 and 21 says, So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes, and they took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prisons. When you look at the gouging of the eyes, the enemy wanted to blind Samson. The enemy wants to blind us spiritually. The gouging of the eyes is symbolic of blinding. And so there are things things that the enemy will use to blind our eyes to where we cannot see where God is going. We cannot see what God wants to do in our life. And it says, it gouged out his eyes and they took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced him to grind grain in the prisons. But before long, his hair began to grow back. He found himself in a place to where he could not do anything but face God. And God will bring us to a place that we have no other opportunity but to say, God, look, I I, I cannot see it any longer. I don't know what's going on. Here I am. God, I see only you. My focus is only on you. I'm tired of going through what I'm going through. I'm tired of dealing with what I'm dealing with. God, I understand. I've made some mistakes. i made some wrong decisions. I've attached myself to the wrong individuals. I, I, I've gone my own way. i followed my own flesh. God, you've got my attention now. <coughs> you've got my attention. And when, when Samson began to get in, 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 in the prison and in chains, why does God have to get us to that point sometimes before we surrender and give it to God? Why don't he have to get us to the point to where we're so broke down? It should be on the other end. And when we're talking about finishing strong and a runner, a runner is not going to come. You don't want to sit there and see a runner falling down on the track and, his, and your, your son runs a track and he's bloody and he's beating and it's hard for him to finish the race when he's falling down so much. It's hard for him to win the race when every time you turn around, he has to step off of the track in order to go to the medics. And so God is saying, stay in my face. Don't get to the point to where the enemy blinds you. And it says before long, his hair began to grow back. Any, if, when we look at Samson, The strength of Samson was in his hair. One of the vows that that was given to Samson as a Nazarite is that no razor should touch his hair. And as you you read in there, Delilah put Samson to sleep. She lulled him to sleep. The enemy will lull us to sleep and steal our strength from us. He will lull us to sleep and take away the word of God. He will come in and try to snatch that word, snatch that word of hope, snatch that word of peace. But Samson, it says his hair grew back. And our hair can grow back too. We can get into the word of God and saying, God, your word says this. Begin to speak your word over our life. Begin to speak what God says over our life. What is I am who God says I am? We did a little bit of that during praise and worship. When I just started saying, God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. God, you're wonderful. You're beautiful. I love you, God. God, you're, you, you know, your name is Jesus. Sometimes that's all that it takes to get our strength back. And it says before long, God is a second chance. We just got to come back to who can give us the second chance. And then in my last point in closing, it says that God will help us to finish strong. Many of us in here have gone through some things in 2019 that has been very, very difficult. That have been very, very difficult. And what we have gone through as that video that we saw in the beginning It can either break us down and cause us to stop going or we can embrace the pain. We can embrace what we've gone through and use it for God. Say, God, use what I've gone through for your purpose. Use it to build me up. Let's look at the last video.
2: Let me die with the flesh.
0: Finish watching that, that scene. Samson, he called on God. It says, um, Judges 16, it says, so the Philistines captured him, him, gouged his eyes out, um, took him to Gaza, bound Gaza, him in bronze and chains. Um, let me see, 1628. It says, so the, 1628. Uh, uh, it says, then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God, please strengthen me Just one more time. Strengthen me. God will give us the strength to finish strong. We may not be feeling so well right now, but God will put his strength inside of us. The only thing that we have to do is to pray and say, God, give me your strength. God, help me to finish strong. God, help me to do this thing. And it says, oh, God, please strengthen me one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Next verse. It says, um, then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. And next verse, verse 30. And it says, he prayed. He prayed again. He says, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down and the Philistine ruins, And all the people so he killed more people than when he died than he had during his lifetime. It, I, I looked at that verse. Yes, Samson may have died. Samson did not leave a legacy. He, he, he received the strength. His calling was to deliver the people of God, and he fulfilled his purpose despite all that he had gone through. It says that he killed more people in his death than he did during his whole lifetime. He achieved the purpose of God. And the thing that I really got from this is, is that Let me die. Then, In this situation, if we are going to finish this race, if we are going to finish strong, we have to die to self. Y'all didn't hear me. We have to die to self. And dying to self is not easy. We want to retaliate. We want our way. We want things to be the way we think it should be. Die to self today. Die to self. You want to finish strong? Say, God, help me to die to self. Die to our egos. Die to our hangups. Die to our own thoughts. And sometimes it's just writing a list of what you even think that God has called for you to do. And write it in a journal and say, God, here it is. die to this. If this is not what you want, I die to it, I let it go. I'm not gonna hold on to it so tight. Finishing strong. One more video and we are done. Thank you very much.
3: Nice to see you. My name is Nick Vujicic and it's a pleasure to be with you. So I have no limbs, but I have my little chicken drumstick. And. Uh, So it's like You like that? That would be really cool if I could get this and get some techno going like. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Yeah. There you go, you like that? Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> but honestly, along the way you might fall down like this, ready? so what do you do when you fall down get back up up. everybody knows to get back up because if I start walking I'm not going to get anywhere but I tell you there are some times in life where you fall down and you feel like you don't have the strength to get back up do you think you have hope because I tell you I'm down here face down and I have no arms no legs it should be impossible for me to get back up but it's not you see I will try 100 times to get up and if I fail 100 times if I fail and I give up do you think that I'm ever gonna get up no but if I fail I try again and again and again but I just want you to know that it's not the end It matters how you're going to finish. Are you going to finish strong? And you will find that strength to get back up, like this.
0: I showed that video, and if you you Google him and and look at some of his other videos, he tried to commit suicide because he didn't feel like that life was living because he didn't have any arms and hands and feet. But he took his disability, he took what he didn't have, and he used it for the glory of God. And the thing that I thought was so significant, he says, if you fall, are you going to stay down, but are you going to get back up? If you fall in doing what God has called for you to do, are you going to stay there, but are you going to get back up? 2019, things have come to make you fall, and some are still down. But I encourage you on today, get back up.